Yeah. Live from the Saints headquarters in Tolleson, Arizona, spreading the gospel, equipping the Saints, standing for the word of truth, proclaiming God's grace. Grace, grace, now, grace. on a podcast near you, welcome your host, Pastor Joshua, on the Saints Will Overcome Ministries. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Pastor Joshua. I'm back. We have been fighting the enemy on his own territory. We got the throttle fully engaged. We got the pedal to the metal. People have been asking me, Pastor Joshua, where have you been at? I've been busy. I've been doing a lot of things, um, just preaching around town, the studies, trying to finish up this degree. It's just been a lot of work. Um, it's been a blessing. I've been working at elderly communities right now, hospice, dementia centers, cognitive centers, giving them the word of God because it's just, we're starving as a nation. We're starving as a society. We don't have a lot of faithful preachers anymore. It's a lot of health and wealth, a lot of you're entitled to. And I was talking to a pastor of mine up north in Prescott, a friend of mine actually, and he's, uh, he made a point. He said, you know what, Pastor Joshua? I don't believe God wants us to be poor. And I believe he wants us to live a great life to our fullest potential. But on the other side of the coin, I don't believe in the health and wealth gospel either. Determined on where you're at and where he's positioned us based off the book of Acts, that what we have and freedoms we have available to us we actualize our faith and we utilize our gifts wherever we are at. So what I would like to do is jump into the Sermon on the Mount too. I would like to talk about that. And I know we talked about the meek, they will inherit the earth. We talked about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and what the opposite of not thirsting and hungering for that righteousness would look like. But I want to divert a little bit, digress a little bit into a verse in the Bible that's been used. And it's been used for prosperity purposes and health and wealth. And it's a grotesque way of using scripture to promise people they're going to be rich. And you might have some pastors listen to the show or you might have some congregants listening and they're going to just be livid with me. Uh, but thank God I don't um, get paid off this ministry. Uh, thank God that I have the ability to say things and I don't have a board sitting in front of me determining what I'm going to say. And I can preach the gospel in its fullness, in its full measure, in its beautiful form, the way it was tended to be preached, not a westernized way where it's dumbed down. And it robs people of their faith, and it's working in conjunction with the enemy. Now, here we go. So this verse here is in Matthew 5, okay, chapter 5. And I'm going to read this verse, and I touched on it in the last teaching, but we're going to take this to another level, and we're going to break it down and show you uh, how it looks in Luke. 
because this is a Sermon on the Mount. We got to be careful because we got to remember Christ is preaching and ministering to poor people. You got a 90% illiteracy rate, pre-industrial revolution, um, you know, as far as technology, health, medicine, um, Pastor Luke, Dr. Luke, he didn't have a medical school he could go to. He didn't get some fancy PhD or some degree. He learned the arts of medicine in a time of antiquity, and he knew about herbs and mixtures and bombs and serums and basically had to address it from the standpoint of antiquity. So I just wanted to throw that in there because we're going to make a transition to Luke. But Matthew 5, verse 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now we got to stop right there. So we're going to go over here and we're going to go to Luke, okay? And we're going to hit right now chapter 6, verse 38. Now I want you to hearken back to your time in church to where you were sitting there listening to the pastor and you're struggling and you're crying out to God and you're praying and some people got their, I guess, their prayers fulfilled and a lot of them went home empty and they just asked the question, why? Why do I not have enough? Why am I struggling? Why, when I pray for these bills to be taken care of, they're just not? And... I just don't have enough money right now. And I chopped that up to being in the counsel of God and a mystery. And he knows what to give us at our time. He knows how we're going to struggle. He knows what we need. And a lot of times what I've learned in my counseling is a lot of us end up in financial positions of hurt and angst and want because of decisions we made previously that got us there. Now, let me give you an example, ladies and gentlemen, beloved. Um, a lot of times people get married and they get divorced for many different reasons. One or both individuals don't know enough about the gospel, don't know how to utilize the word of God and the principles, and they end up divorcing for selfish reasons or legitimate reasons, one or the other. And Usually they have a family, some children involved. And if you look at the statistics and divorcing and what it does as far as economically to America and the family, it's a drastic, dire situation. And it literally drives people into poverty uh, 50 to 75% more. So a lot of times not abiding in the gospel and doing God's will and having a fallout of the nuclear family leads a lot of people to poverty. And so it's not just a holy representation of Christ married to the church, but in a sense, God puts safeguards up economically when we stay married and we don't commit adultery and we don't do certain things or lean into alcohol really heavy and do drugs and fight and be unkind and act, you know, in, in evil desires. And therefore, it if you know two parents stay together and you bring in two incomes in, you're not struggling from a standpoint of economic poverty. So you might sit there and hear the pastor in church say something like, give and it will be given to you. This is Luke 6, 38. A good measure, 
pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And ladies and gentlemen, to be honest, all the crooks are out there and they use that. The crooks use that for everything, the scammers, the liars, and they end up filling the coffers. And that's what they do. And it's just a travesty. It's a travesty because it hurts people so bad and people get so frustrated. And then the worst part of all of it is they just sit back and they say, God, what did I do wrong? You know, do I not have enough faith? Because I gave and I gave and I gave and I don't have no return on my deposit. But the fact of the matter is, we always have a return on our deposit. Spiritually speaking, that is. So when the Lord is using this within the context of poured out, giving back, you're not going to be able to contain it. He is talking about a spiritual reality, a spiritual justification. He's talking about love and being mercy. So this is the con in the context of love and mercy. This isn't in the context of making money. So let's go to the chapter before that and let's read what preceded that given it will be given to you. Okay, are you ready, ladies and gentlemen? This is right before Luke, the verse that we just read. But to, you, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love, love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, accepting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful to you, ladies and gentlemen. So do you see preceding this whole shaken down, runneth over, um, it's going to be given back to you? The Lord really is talking about mercy here. That is actually what he's talking about. Let's read it again. Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And ladies and gentlemen, that's talking about mercy. That's talking about extending mercy to people. Christ isn't talking about a recipe, 
and how to get a new car, how to get a new mortgage. He's not talking about a get-rich-quick scheme. He's not talking about that, ladies and gentlemen. He's talking about love. He's talking about mercy. So when I hear a pastor take that out of context and use that as a springboard of opportunity to misinterpret the gospel and not represent it in the light of eschegetical interpretation, exegesis, and eisegetically insert a false pretext in there, it really drives me crazy. It blows my mind and it's wicked because that's not what this is talking about. And honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who hears that. I don't care who gets offended by it. I really don't. I'm here to preach the gospel. So I want to let you know so you don't get confused, lost, and and read that and say, well, why didn't I didn't why didn't I get that? Why didn't I get something? Why am I stuck in this position? Am I not giving enough? Am I not good enough? Do you not love me enough? And the answer to you is none of that's true. The Lord does love you. The Lord, the Lord does cherish you and he wants a relationship with you and he wants you to accept Jesus Christ. He is speaking to a people that is poor, destitute, lost, under oppression by the Romans, systematically destroyed, struggling, and have been slaves spiritually their whole lives. And Christ is teaching them how to be merciful because mercy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and it's freedom and it's called being born again. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll say a prayer after this episode, but what I want to do right now is launch into a montage of teaching on that particular verse and show you and expose the wicked teaching out there in this country and in this world. So ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? So that means God has a sign to the giver 
God goes before you and assigns different people at different junctures who enter your life with exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. Because some of them can pop in and pop out. I remember in the early 90s when we had our first child, I had a church with a handful of members in a little metal rented building. Uh, my, my, my first year's tax return, I made $8,600. We didn't have any insurance or any benefits. And we had our first kid without any insurance. And I remember we got a $13,800 bill. That may not seem like a lot to you, but to me, making $8,000 a year, that was like an insurmountable mountain I would never be able to climb. So I figured I'm going to be making payments on this kid forever. And I think it maybe started out as 50, I don't know, $7,500 a month payments. But I made that payment, if I remember right, for about seven years and paid it down to $3,000. That's a long time. And then I'm sitting there one day at my little desk that we got from Walmart. I remember with a, like an elementary school plastic chair. That was my office. And this guy walks in who owns a pest control company. I remember he had it on his hat. And he said, can I see the pastor? Well, at that time, it was easy to get to me. Uh, I took anybody's appointment. And I had a little part-time secretary. She said, sure. And he came in. He said, you have a $3,000 bill I'm supposed to pay off. I have no relationship with this guy. He comes in off the road in the middle of the day and names the exact amount that I owed on it. And I said, yes, sir, I'll tell you exactly what it is. And he wrote out that check, and I took that thing to the hospital as fast as I could get there. And God eliminated that debt. Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shit, and get run over. Shall men give unto your bosom? I wonder what your posture of giving will unleash God to do when it comes positioning people to help you get to the next level. Think about that. Ladies and gentlemen, then that is Ron Carpenter's teaching that somehow God only spoke three times audibly in the Bible, the New Testament that is, but he had a $3,000 bill and God sent someone in there to say, here's your $3,000 that you need. It's not biblical. It's not scriptural. It's a lie. Um, it's not exegetical teaching. The principle of hermeneutics is not being applied. And can God do things? Yes. Can God send people? Yes. Can God do miracles? And does he? Absolutely. 100%. We cannot nullify and negate God's sovereignty, his omniscience, his omnipotence. We cannot. He's a glorious God. But this is an example of the context precluding the pretext, meaning Ron has taken pieces and bits out of the Bible and used certain passages to support his pretext, which is phony, false, and eisegetical. And eisegetical just means mining and pulling something out of the scriptures that is not really intended to be there. And he used it for his own purposes. Now, after the good measure and the runneth over, let's go into Jesus's teaching and then we'll close out and see what he says right after that. And you be the judge of it off of scripture. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. He also told them this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like the teacher. Christ is telling them, I'm merciful. I practice these things. 
Blind cannot lead the blind. I am here for you. Do the things that I do and your eyes will be open. And look what he says in verse 41. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fell to see the plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So what are we talking about here? This press down and runneth over and shaken and all this stuff here we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, just to simplify it in the gospel. In the book of Luke, Sermon of the Mount, in the book of Matthew, show mercy and don't be a hypocrite because the Lord will repay you with so much mercy from him, so much love from him. You won't be able to contain the joy in your relationship. How else can the first century Christians go to the Hippodrones and the Circus Maximus and be used with a, as a torch with a tar shirt on and just suffer and be persecuted and systematically destroyed and they were practicing genocide? Christ is saying this is a gift and a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's bad teaching. It's bad morale, it's not biblical, and it leads people astray from our Lord Jesus Christ. So I was going to do a montage. I just don't have the time. We're going to close out. But I just wanted to kind of show you about what Pastor Ron Carpenter's doing, and these are the tricks these people use. So ladies and gentlemen, let's close out in a prayer. Father God, I ask that you release the Holy Spirit in fullness and you bless these people and let them know even if they're poor, if they're in India, Pakistan, Iran, if they're being persecuted in North Korea, any of these countries, Afghanistan, that you release the Holy Spirit on them, Lord, and let them know that they are rich, rich in faith, rich in love, rich in mercy. And Lord, they have everything poured upon them by your grace and your love. And if there's anybody out there that has not accepted Jesus, please pray this prayer. Father, God, thank you for sending your son to be sacrificed for me. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy. I cannot be saved. I cannot do nothing on my own. Thank you for redeeming me, for giving me the gift of faith, for giving me the gift of salvation, for giving me a relationship with you. Lord, thank you. And I love your son and I love you and I accept you and I need you. I want you, Lord, and I accept the sacrifice on the cross. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. It's Pastor Joshua. Feel free to donate to the ministry if you like. I just use it to spread God's kingdom, educate people, so on and so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you. Until we meet again, this is Pastor Joshua, and God bless you all. I'm your Adam, you're my Eve, you belong to me, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, just a garden, not a home, before you felt alone, even the first man felt emptiness inside, soulmates when we collide, would it take your broken dreams?
stand together in our fight against the enemy. And when we're glorified, we can finally see the struggle brought us together. Can you see? Can't you see? If it's I you and me. Girl, you will be it. You did the only one. You ain't even got a choice. Waiting for you to slide through. I hope you feel the way that I do. Girl, if I had a wish, girl, you would be it. In Christ grow together, we stand any weather. 66 books, God's love letter. Having you makes it all better. Padre, I'm a real go getter. Can't walk away, never gonna leave. Tattoos on my sleeve, made vows to me. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Too many scars last a lifetime. What's the joy without the pain? In my arms again, forgive each other for our sins. Seven times seven, the only way to get to heaven. Ordained, I became a reverend. I hope you feel if the I way I do. Girl, you will be it. You did the only one. You ain't even got a choice. Waiting for you to slide through. I hope you feel the way that I do. Girl, if I had a wish, girl, you will be it. You did the only one. You ain't even got a choice. the way our faces etched with so much love and pain they were years of strain they were years of joy time when family died it's okay to cry on the wings of eagles let us fly it was prophesied until we meet again expressing my love through a pen unified through sin in heaven that's where we meet again you will be it you did the only one you ain't even got a choice waiting for you to slide through I hope you feel the way that I do Girl, if I had a 